Hi everyone, welcome. FPL Matt Day here. This is the live FIFA World Cup round of 16 podcast, the preview for the rest of the uh, the week's action ahead. I can't wait for it. Uh, at D10 Football is with me tonight. He uh, he can't wait for it. I can't wait to hear all of his comments. Um, he has been to the FIFA World Cup as well over the last couple of weeks. So he's got some really amazing stories to tell us all. Quinton from the FPL Amateurs of Oz. He can't be here tonight, but I've got some comments from him as well. Um, so we'll go through some of his commentary on the World Cup so far. Just before we get into uh, the action, if you can please subscribe to the channel if you haven't done already. Give the video a like um, and uh, get all your comments in as well. Um, I can see a few comments have, uh, <laughs> have come in as well, which I will actually bring up um, just after uh, or just before I in- introduce Dan. Actually, I'll introduce Dan in a second. I'll quickly just bring up some of the comments. Then I'll introduce Dan because at D10 Football is going to uh, give us a rundown on uh, his experience in Qatar at the World Cup, some of the games he went to. And um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really awesome to hear. And then once he's done that, we're both going to talk about some of our shocks of the tournament, some of our favorite teams. Um, and then we're going to preview the next round of 16 and go through some scores and pick some players. And we'll see if our winner has changed uh, from our prediction. So um, I'll just bring up some comments and then I'm going to introduce Dan in so we can talk all things about his trip. So uh, just want to say thanks to Coach's Corner, who uh, is really hoping Japan and USA win. Um, and then Coach's Corner has also said, get off that Brazil shirt. Where is the Australian shirt? Well, yeah, look, I'm still hoping Australia win. Like, I do support England over Australia. Australia's them sort of my next side I like to see do well. But yeah, I've got, uh, I don't know, I'm just rocking the Brazil shirt, just really feeling up wearing this. It's got R9 on the back. So um, yeah, loving this one. Um, but he's got the old Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. And then Quinton Dunn just saying, look at these two roosters. So. Is that uh, Ronaldo 9 on the back or is that the Richarlison 9 on the back? It's the R9, yeah. So this is a, a Brazil top from, I think this is the 2011 sort of time, it just after yeah. South Africa, I think. It's actually it's actually a, a re, it's a, a copy, it's a replica. It's not an official shirt, but it it, okay, okay. it looks very, very good. Yeah, and real, good so, yeah, yeah we're really a, happy with this. replicas. Um, but let's uh, let's introduce you in now uh, at D10 Football, Daniel Capillaro. Um, first of all, how are you doing, mate? And how are you feeling? You've been to Qatar, so how long were you in in Qatar for? And, and obviously, you you went to what seven games, eight games? Yeah, uh, seven games. Um, we were there for ten days. Um, well, t- ten days including the travel, uh, so nine days all up because we landed on the twentieth at about two a.m. Um, jet lag is absolutely destroying us at the minute uh we keep waking up for the 2 a.m matches which is like pretty much i think they're the 4 p.m game so it's like okay. the middle of the day in qatar is when we keep waking up um so still able to watch mo- most of the world cup really uh the times here now are, are poorer as, as you were saying before like there's no mm-hmm. 9 p.m matches there so it's nah, a bit more 2 a.m and 6 a.m 6 yeah. a.m is okay the 6 a.m is all right actually the 6 a.m is not too bad like if you go to bed early you can Obviously, you know, you can watch that match. It makes it easy. But the 2 a.m. is just, yeah, unless you're jet lagged, it's very, very difficult. Um, but, yeah, uh, basically nine, 10 to 9 days there, seven games we watched. We started with USA-Wales, which was unbelievable, seeing Gareth Bale wow. score the first uh, Wales goal at, at a World Cup. We also got to hear the anthem, which um, oh, yeah. the Wales or the Welsh fans sing. And uh, they can it, sing, can't they? <laughs> it's one of the most impressive things, uh, I guess, from this World Cup or from my experience. Like, 
Mm. It, it blew me away, actually. Like, it was unbelievable. Most people sing the national anthem. People are, are you know, they're proud, patriotic. Like, we, we sung the Australian national anthems. I can't sing like those guys. Like, that was just, <laughs> that was a different level, you know? Um, and I was told by my by Welsh friends as well, like, hey, they're going to sing it and you'll feel it. And you mm. do, like, all, all the hairs on my uh, on my arm, back of my neck all stood up, you know? Like, I was like, wow, I was like, wow this is going to be a game and a half. Yeah, um, they love it. They love it. That one was a game of two halves. I think the scorers were Timothy Weir and then uh, and Gareth Bale. But it was an amazing first start. Obviously, just to, I tell you who I was most impressed by in that match was Pulisic. Um, oh, Christian Pulisic, yeah. A lot of chat about Christian Pulisic, obviously. Um, he's America's golden boy. I mean, he doesn't get... I didn't really... Not, not that I don't rate him. Like He's obviously a Premier League player. He has good qualities. But when I watched him live, like he just stood out from the rest of the players. I don't know mm. if he just had a great first half for USA, um, but yeah, just in terms of his one v one, in terms of how good he was on the ball, movement off the ball to get the ball as well, and uh, and also create space for his teammates. He, I thought he was like levels above. He made the assist for Timothy Weir as well. Um, so is he the Le- LeBron James of soccer, as um, <laughs> as they say in America? <laughs> I think so. I think he, he yeah. probably is that kind of character for them, you know. Like everyone's got one of those in their team. Like, I mean, Australia is now is probably Matthew Leckie because of the previous mm. uh, match. But the game before that, everyone was pretty happy with Mitchell Duke's celebration and the header, uh, which we'll get to soon because I was in the stadium for that game, which was unbelievable. Um, but our second match, our second match was USA. We had USA Wales and then Australia France, which obviously. Oh, yeah started unbelievably well like i was so shocked i i couldn't believe that we'd gone one nil up against france like i was very shocked i went to the game just very <laughs> without any kind of like expectation you know i had the australia flag on i was like yeah you know people are gonna know i'm australian but i'm just gonna sit here and enjoy it you know i'm just gonna watch the game as soon as we scored it almost ruined the game for me because <laughs> yeah. i was just like we just gonna hold on to this one goal you know <laughs> and then by the second half, um, I was just watching Mbappe, Griezmann, and uh, Dembele, which was just yeah, it, dude, different class. Yeah, they were they were world class players, you know. Like, how was Mbappe um, in in the flesh? Like, what was he like to watch? Was he was he just unreal? Or yeah, it, like I've never seen Mbappe play live, and his like we know he's quick. You see him on the TV; he's visibly quick than other players. But actually watching him sprint like after a ball down the line he's yeah he's something else like there's something special about Mbappe um similar to like how I saw Pulisic in the first game Mbappe really stood out and so did Dembele so did Dembele so that was there any player from France sorry that um you before the tournament you didn't know much about and then you've watched them live and you're like yeah he's he's you know he's brilliant is there anyone else that that maybe viewers wouldn't expect not not really from france not really from france no. i think the french national team is it's full of the superstars from the leagues you know from either league mm-hmm. one Serie A, la liga or the premier league which a lot of them yeah. play in the premier league um it was a shame we didn't get to see like your pogba and kunku nicole Kante. Oh, yeah, um, yeah benzema benzema wasn't there. Oh, benzema, you know, like, yeah, cause he got injured I, I was actually really looking forward to seeing the french side with benzema but um Giroud, he mate, he put the, uh, the he put the the curse to rest, mate. He two goals yeah, in his he first was ridiculous game. Ridiculous in that game. He, 
he's making up for what he left in 2018. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I think France, uh, they're still going kind of like under the radar, you know. Mm. No one's really talking about them. Um, no one's really making a big fuss. It's all messy uh, with Argentina, Ronaldo with Portugal, and also um, Neymar with Brazil. And that's all yeah. people seem to be talking about, even on the ground in Qatar. All okay. the stadiums are full of that talk. The hardest tickets to get are those three teams, Brazil, wow. Portugal, Argentina. Um, okay. And it is very much like a Ronaldo versus Messi or a Neymar versus Messi or a Neymar versus Ronaldo. It's very much that kind of like vibe. Um, okay. There is obviously the fans from the countries there. But I felt like, especially we went to see Portugal Ghana, mm-hmm. one of the other matches we saw, um, and that was very much a lot of Ronaldo fans, loads okay. of Ronaldo fans. Locals uh, or just everyone? I think local, but also local. like Saudi Arabia, UAE, yeah. uh, Kuwait, you know, surrounding countries, Iran, surrounding and neighboring countries, love Ronaldo. Anyone anyone who loved Ronaldo, they're at this game because they felt <laughs> he was going to score against Ghana, and that was obviously yeah. the the start of his five World Cups, and he scored in five World Cups, which that's incredible. You know, that's just absolutely unbelievable. Um, what another record for him. Uh, we were very fortunate we got to see it. And the best moment, like, that game was actually... 3-2, was it, the Portugal one? 3-2, but yeah. it was over, and then they made all the subs. A little bit like they did this morning, and then Korea mm-hmm. come back and scored that late, uh, the late winner. Coach okay. made all the subs, and then Ghana come back into it, and they nearly stole it right at the end. Like, I don't know if you remember, but keeper rolled it out. Yeah, that's right, in the and last he, minute. Yeah, he, he kept running <laughs> around. If he arced his run a little bit more, like, he went straight to the ball. And so, of course, once you get it, all you, all you can see is what's in front of you, not so much behind. And he slipped. If he didn't slip, that game's finishing 3-3. But um, Ronaldo scores a penalty, runs off to the corner flag. Everyone knew what was coming, but I've never <laughs> been in a stadium and 40... 5,000 people doing, it was unbelievable. (laughs) And did you do it? Of course, mate. I think I I did two or three of them. (laughs) And and with Portugal, did you see your um, favourite FPL asset on the bench, Jose Sarr? Did you manage to get a glimpse of him warming up? I thought you were going to talk talk about my other favourite FPL. Bernardo Silva, actually. How was Bernardo Silva? Mate, he is, he is the engine of that team he is the playmaker he's the mastermind he's doing everything in that team like he wears number 10 for portugal he is literally the number 10 um yeah, unreal yeah just always trying to be in free spaces always collecting the ball just technically so good on the ball his passing range is unbelievable um obviously we know his qualities you know we watch him week in week out with the premier league um bruno fernandez was also very good uh, Diogo Dallo has been unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Like the guy's just razzling from right back, and then they've got Cancelo as well Cancelo. on the left. Which is, oh, was he good? Yeah, very good yeah, as well. Good. Right. Portugal actually. Well, it was after that game that I actually thought, the, like France, they've gone under the radar a bit because again, it's mm. all kind of like Ronaldo, Messi, Neymar chat. Um, they've gone under the radar a bit, and Portugal have a, a real side. I think also what didn't help them was like their qualification. Yeah, um, right. you know they went all the way to the end. Um, I think they had to beat Macedonia in the end because Italy yeah. couldn't get past North Macedonia. So they got um, a strong squad. They, I think they got good, good players in in every position. Lots yeah. of good young players as well. Um, from from Ghana, did you see much of uh, Kudus? Is it Kudus the Ajax Amsterdam? I think he's a midfielder. Kudus, he's the one that he won the penalty 
okay. last night against Uruguay. Um, yeah, I didn't see much of this game. I didn't see much nah, of this game on the Uruguay. We were watching the Portugal South Korea uh, game this, okay. this morning, so I didn't get to see too much of him. And to be honest okay. with you, I didn't, I didn't know too many of uh, the Ghana players. players here coming yeah. in, other than other than Inyaki Williams, because I understand okay. the story. Um, the match we saw before Portugal Ghana was uh, Spain Costa Rica. Oh yeah, seven. There has been <laughs> like I just don't understand some of the results in this World Cup. So. You've got Saudi Arabia 2-1 against Argentina, and they finished bottom of the group, and Argentina finished top. Then you've got Costa Rica, uh, Spain, 7-0. Um, Japan beat Germany 2-1, but Costa Rica beat Japan 1-0. Like, it's just been all over the place. Yeah, it's so, mad, isn't it? It was it was very good or yeah, amazing experience to see, like, um, Pedri, Gavi, and Sergio oh, Busquets in the middle. Like, just incredible players. All three incredible players. Three different players as well. They're not. Mm. They're similar in ways, but also very different. I think uh, Pedri's my favourite. I think he's the most technical of the three. Yeah, he's unreal. Or, yeah, he's he's just unbelievable. So calm on the ball. It's very hard to take the ball from him. Gavi's a bit more robust. Like he likes to okay. drive at opponents. He likes to run with the ball. And Busquets just sits off and does everything just so like nonchalant. It looks like he's not trying. You know. Yeah. He's incredible. So seeing Spain play, seeing seven goals for Spain, again, like it, it just made another unbelievable World Cup experience. Um, and then I suppose later in that group, we saw Spain versus Germany, which was one. Ah, oh, yeah, the big one. That was a big. That was a good game. That was amazing. That that um, that stadium we watched it in as well. It's called Albay. For those that don't know, I don't know if you guys like if they show too much of outside the stadiums before matches and stuff like this. It's like a big tent. <laughs> like and I've the seen detail. that one. Yeah, it's, yeah. It looks like a circus. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. It's true. It's like a big tent, um, similar to like one of the tents they would have in the desert. Um mm. when I went in April and we were like we got to see Lucille and we got to play in the nine seven four, we went to the desert also and we had a meal inside a tent that looked very much like this. Obviously, not that size. Uh it's not a um sixty five thousand people tent. But <laughs> Yeah, it's very similar. So I think it's like got their traditions to do with the desert and how they traditionally eat food as either families or as community, um, which was really cool. And even the details inside the stadium. So the roof is like all uh, Persian rugs. Well, that's wow. what it's made to look like. Yeah, it's just it's just incredible. There's so many like little details that I think you miss on the TV um, okay. that obviously if you're there, like they stand out to you more. But they're yeah, all brand I, new, the stadiums. Yeah, they're all brand new. Yeah, yes, they are brand new. That's right. Uh, yeah, this was actually the, the ticket we had for Albay. We went experience first. So this wow. is actually really cool. Not many <laughs> people will get to see this one. Um, Spain versus Germany. See there. Look at that. We don't need to show all those sponsors. They're not doing nothing. <laughs> uh, Spain versus Germany, yeah. So, and then like, yeah, you you open it up and it's just got your ticket inside there, which is it just that's incredible. Cool things, you know? I mean, I love memorabilia. I don't know about you guys, but I love memorabilia. I love all the the little knickknacks mm. and parts that go with it. So yeah, this is this is a memorable one. This one here. Um, that so was. Did you get physical there. tickets for games, or was there digital cards as well? Or no, we got physical. I haven't got any here, but I want to sh maybe I could have shown you guys one. I haven't got any tickets here. Um, no, we did. We had physical tickets, but you could. There was an app as well. There's a ticketing app, and okay. you could go on your phone. And a lot of people were doing that because. Uh, those that don't know, you need a higher card to enter Qatar. 
which is basically like your visa and it has a permit. So you'd show this at the games and people are like, okay, cool. So you've bought tickets and then you show them your ticket and they'll, and they'll scan it, you know? So it was a bit like that. Um, So everything was done by phones. Everything was done by um, QR codes pretty much. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, but we had physical tickets, so. Oh, that's awesome! I love that. And, and was there match programs that you could buy or anything like that? There was no match programs, so no. I was I was very amazed. It's like they said it's not part of the we can say Middle Eastern uh, football culture. So apparently okay. they don't do it. They don't do it too much in Saudi Arabia. They don't do it too much in Qatar or other places. Which I was I was wow. surprised because I was looking to get a match program every game hmm. that I went to. You know, I always the souvenir. To yeah, exactly. Like mm. they, they do them at the Champions League finals. They obviously here at the A League they used to do a lot of match mm. programs. I think they've they've slowly filtered out now. But I used to collect them at Perth Glory when I was from the age of yeah. ten to <laughs> about eighteen. I just used to collect match day programs, Perth Glory. Um and they were only about what? They're only about two dollars or something like three dollars. So good. Um so yeah, no match day programs, but they did have like a fan guide. So uh, this came in a bag for us, one of these fan guides, and it gave you basically a rundown of all the stadiums, all the teams, oh, um, brilliant capacity of the stadiums, where where games are going to be played, the full schedule, um, like groups, plus the round of sixteen chart on two quarters, semis, and final. Um, wow. and the, How and many all, stadiums did you visit? We visited um, Alfamama Stadium nine seven four, um, Albay. Al Janoub. Uh, wow, so you did a few. Um, Ahmed Bin Ali, I, I think so. Ahmed Bin Ali. Yeah. We, we, was we, it easy we, to travel to and from to all the different stadiums? Is the transport good? The transport there is incredible. They have a metro. Yeah. Um, the metro can take you to all of the stadiums pretty much within an, an hour. Like you can get wherever you wow. want within an hour. I say within an hour because it's mostly due to population. Um, okay. P- people numbers and there's also that the stadium Albay is actually more towards the desert like that has been constructed it's close to the sale and if you know anything about the sale it's the final stadium but it's also a city that they built for the world cup that's insane yeah <laughs> so, so that's where the final is going to be yeah the world cup final is going to be in in that stadium yeah so if i was to, okay. that's exactly right so if i was to explain it like you'd have doha here and all the stadiums are kind of around. And then as you go up, there's LaSalle, and then Albate's out here. It's like further up, uh, the Gulf runs on this side, and it's just further up uh, toward the desert. So it, that one, because we had we had uh, buses or cars or, or like a um, shuttle that would take us, because there was yeah. other people that were coming to the games with us as well, um, all staying at the same hotel. So oh. we would take these shuttles, and we would leave like maybe three hours before kickoff. And sometimes it took an hour and a half, sometimes it took an hour, just depending upon uh, traffic. So I think the metro was actually quicker, to be fair. Incredible. Sounds unreal. And um, what was your favorite game then out of all the games you went to? Uh, what was what would you say the best game for, for quality of football to watch? Um, was Which one would you say was the highest level? And then what was the best game just to watch in terms of just, you know, goals or, you know, something a little bit different? So... Which was the best in terms of quality of football? Which which one would you say that you went to and you were just like, these guys, these players are, you know, something else? Yeah. Uh, best games in terms of quality of football uh, would have been Spain, Costa Rica and Spain, Germany. Yeah. Wow. And then, and then the best game, probably most memorable, would have been Australia, Tunisia. 
Like that was just yeah, God, because Australia obviously won one nil, and then you obviously lived in Australia, it, born in Australia. What people don't realize as well is that like the let's say that or countries that speak Arabic, right? So part of that is your Tunisia, Morocco, Algeria. They all get behind the Middle Eastern countries as well, and vice wow, versa. Okay, so not the, like the UK. Certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when we went to Algenoub for Tunisia versus um, Australia, it was like a packed, a sea of red. It was mm-hmm. a sea of red. I think I, I sent you a few clips and you could see, you know, like there was just Tunisian fans everywhere and whistling every time we got on the ball. Australia got on the ball <laughs> in the first 10 minutes, just the loudest whistle you've ever heard. And coming from like, I think, 40,000 odd people almost, you know, there was like Incredible. probably 48,000 in the, in the stadium. I reckon 8,000 were Australian fans, you know, 40,000 would have been Tunisia. So that was yeah, wow. an in crazy, uh, crazy, crazy experience as well. Um, so Australia and, did well in reality then to hold on and win, and win that given the, you know, the, the crowd and, and the numbers that were there. So yeah, yeah that's insane. Yeah, no, the, the, the climate I don't think was made, especially in the Tunisia game, it wasn't easy for Australia at all. I actually think the game against... Yeah, what Argentina, was the climate like when you were there for the games? Was it was it was as it hot heat? as what, Yeah, was it hot? Was it as hot as people were trying to sort of say it was going to be pre-tournament? Or? Um, no. no. <laughs> <Stop>. no. <laughs> like, so the games at 1pm when they kicked off, those had reason to say they were hot. But okay. the way the stadiums are built, there's always, I don't think you've seen sunlight in the in a pitch. Like, do you recall a game where you see the sunlight on a pitch? No, not like, cause this is the thing, right? You get other World Cups like France 98, Germany, where it was hot at games. You play those afternoon games and it's the summer and it's actually really hot anyway. Yeah. In this Qatar World Cup, yeah, it's, I, it's true. I, I've not seen too many where oh. it, it looks, you know, players or goalkeepers having to wear a cap because, you know, goalies yeah, wearing a cap player. because the sun's in their eyes. I don't think I've seen it. It's a good point. So we were going to the matches. Uh, one of the matches we went to was 4 p.m. kickoff. We also did a 1 p.m. kickoff. It's cold in the stadium. You had to take a jumper with you because the air conditioning is like was so. Um, it was just so cold. Like they had oh, the air, yeah. like they had the air conditioner blasting. So it was actually too much. You know, like they could have left it a little bit. They could have left it. Uh, who, who's that? Is that Lock or Lexic? Yeah, just sort of say hello, Lexich. welcome to the stream, mate, and also onto the ball. Uh, thanks everyone that's tuning in and listening so far. Just just a quick one at D10 Football. Give him a follow on Instagram, uh, TikTok, and Twitter. Um, he's just going through his World Cup journey, so he's actually been in Qatar. Um, he went to a number of games, and he's just given us this fascinating insight on everything that went on over there. So um, yeah, Dan is just going to continue, and then once he's um, gone through this we will go through the fixtures and, and we'll get uh quinton on as well to to chat some world cup so he is uh he's going to come on soon but we'll do, dan's just going to finish off with his um yeah his his guitar journey because uh, it's fascinating and you know hearing you know I, I it was interesting when he's talking about the air conditioning in the stadium i've seen some pictures of reporters on the side of the pitch or cameramen with jackets on because yeah. you know they are cold right so um, it's so cold and also at night like i think what people underestimated was almost that the the desert doesn't stay hot during the night. Like it actually gets cold to the point I've where if that, you, yeah. 
if you're used to 30 degrees, uh, it dropped down to like somewhere 19, 20. At, at the games at 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. in Qatar were 19, 20 degrees. So it wasn't hot at all. It wasn't hot at all, you know. It's T-shirt and shorts, but it was at night. Those games are probably the easiest to, uh, I would say, play. Um, the 1 p.m. kickoff is probably the toughest one. And um, what was the food like as well? I know this is not football related, but what was the food like in Qatar, in the stadiums, outside the stadiums? You know, what was it like? The food? Um, there was obviously um, a lot of uh, normal stuff like soft drinks, things like this. You could, well, outside the stadiums or in the stadium? Both. Both? Good cuisine. Um, Outside the stadium, probably in, in April, we ate more outside of uh, the hotel and that kind of stuff. Um, okay. It was just so manic there this time that we would literally have breakfast at the hotel and then we'd be on a shuttle or we'd be doing something else or we'd be, you know, and then they have grocery stores and everything. Like there's a carry four where we were. So carry four, for those who don't know, it's, it's like a, um, it's really like Woolworths or Coles, right? It, mm -hmm. it would be. Very similar. So, like yeah, from an Asda or a Tesco in the UK, if we've got UK viewers or listeners. Yeah, exactly. Or a, so, a Walmart in America, maybe. Or like a yeah, something similar. That. It's just got everything. So, you we'd go to, like, if we were hungry and you, you needed to go grab something, you just go to the carry four. And they've got everything there. So, it was, it was very, uh, I would say it's a very, you wouldn't call, I don't know if you'd say it's a Western shopping experience, but the groceries were the, exactly the same as here. Um, when I went in April, we actually got to go out on one of their, uh, it's called a dove, uh, like one of their traditional boats. You had to eat on the boat and we got to try the you know, different breads, different, um, like you've got the hummus and the different kind of spreads and stuff that they add as well and um, the different meats. It's like a mix between Lebanese, Afghan. It's it's that kind of food, which was really nice. That was really cool. And you can find that food there, obviously, still. Um, if you were looking for that kind of experience, there is a place called the Souk. Alwaka, and there was like spice markets. Um, nice, loads of football shirts, football paraphernalia. You can get. I don't know if you've seen people with the sunglasses and they've got the flag. <laughs> like you can get all that kind of stuff. Um, you can go there and get like henna tattoo, and That's there's cool. people selling like um, like making bottles of their own perfume and stuff like this. So there's a lot of really cool, let's say like cultural or gastronomical um touristic kind of things that you can do around those areas it's like the old old town it's the main part of the town so that was there as well um inside the stadiums i would always just get like a they had like a chicken shawarma wrap which is basically oh, yeah. a bit of the chicken kebab but the shawarma is not like oily it's, it's actually like nice cooked chicken um and then the night we went to hospitality it was just uh yeah whatever you want to make roasted vegetables chips like burgers it was all very like made for a western audience i think awesome all right i've got a couple more questions before we get onto the fixture preview and the scores um because i'm absolutely loving this insight uh from dan first i want to ask did you bump into many england fans was there much of a presence from the english out there because they normally you know, make a little bit of a noise out at, at World Cup, so travel in numbers. Did you bump into too many? I saw them around, but that was just, I think it was just too hot for them, maybe. <laughs> during, <laughs> during, the, during the day, they uh, there was a lot of England fans walking around, Okay, but they were not what we see on TV. Like, they were much more quiet. They were just, you know, okay. uh, they might have had, um, yeah, just, they were all dressed up with all their, like, um, what do you call it? The bucket hats and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. 
Um, saw a lot of Welsh fans like this as well. And then they were going to areas where you could drink alcohol, where you could like English uh, pubs. Over yeah, there literally, they were sitting, but that would be all the English fans all together. So it wasn't so much in the streets, um, even though there was lots of fans in the streets. There's loads of fans in the streets, especially near like the FIFA Fan Fest. Uh, FIFA Fan Festival was amazing. We actually watched Argentina versus Mexico at the FIFA Fan oh, Festival. Wow. Yeah, so that day, that was a really cool day. Like we had Qatar versus Senegal at 1 p.m. We went to that match, watched that game, which was really good. Um, uh, Senegal actually scored a worldy goal in that one. Yeah, number. they did, didn't they, in that game? Substitute number 13, he came on, uh, dribbled past four players, cut it across the box, and they scored this goal. He subsequently, I, I can't remember what team he plays for, but he plays in England. Sheffield um, United. Sheffield United, I remember you telling yeah, me. Yeah, we were talking yeah, about yeah. it, yeah. Incredible player, incredible player, super skillful. So he was like, yeah, one that I was just watching for the rest of the half. Um, so we watched that game. And then when we got back, they were like, look, we're going to go to the FIFA Fan Fest for the 10 p.m. match, which was um, Argentina-Mexico. That was awesome as well. So they said there was like 30,000 people in this FIFA Fan Fest. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but <laughs> there was at least 10,000. At, at minimum, like there's loads of people packed in, everyone watching a big screen, and they got all your food trucks and stuff around there. FIFA store, they had like um, activations so you could go in and see how hard you can kick a football and you know, oh, do juggles, speed dribbling. There was games you could play, all this kind of stuff. So it was really cool. The Fair Fest was really nice. And so in these areas, like they have a park called the Corniche in the Corniche, okay. in the in the Souk, in these FIFA Fair Fest areas, um, you would find fans everywhere absolutely everywhere many usa fans we've just had a comment from blurpy saying let's go usa was there many usa when uh when we went to watch the uh actually yeah you see them when we took the metro usa fans everywhere and you can you see them like they're just star spangled banners everywhere they got the glasses the hats the capes the everything just flags everywhere um so that yeah you couldn't miss them and when we went to watch usa versus wales they were actually like during the match yeah, they were very vocal. Yeah. They get so around. In, some interesting chants. Huh? Have you heard the I Believe? I Believe We? I Believe I have. We? I've, I believe I've heard some of their chants, and I've heard the... Um, <laughs> to be fair, I'll, I'll give them that. It looks like they're getting around this World Cup, and they're showing a lot of yeah, passion yeah, in yeah. the, the, the chants. Here we go. We've got, I've just had a comment from Blurpy. He's asked, do you guys think USA have got a chance? I don't watch much soccer at all. Uh, lol. Um, look, look, I, look I'll, let, I'll, I'll quickly say my opinion, and then I'll let Dan, because Dan did did actually go, he went and watched the USA-Wales game in the first game. Um, I actually really like uh, the US squad. There's lots of really good young talent. Um, I'd say in this comp, I don't think this is the comp, the the, the time for them. Um, I think maybe they could get past the Netherlands. Um, but in terms of winning it, I don't think right now. But I think maybe the next World Cup or the one after or sometime in the next... It's gonna. They're gonna burst and and really become a good side because there's just so many good young players in there. Tyler Adams uh, was really has really impressed me in this tournament. He's mm. obviously really young. Um, there's where the other midfielder I can't remember his name. Musa. Dortmund Musa. Yeah, nineteen. Absolutely, um, absolutely brilliant. So um, yeah, look, I, I think USA got a chance of winning this game against Netherlands, winning the whole World Cup. Maybe not yet, but one day I think we will see it potentially. In our lifetimes, uh, Dan, what do you think? Yeah, no, just really, just to echo what what you said, you know, like 
I saw the same uh, things that you're talking about when I watched that game, USA versus Wales. I was also really surprised how different this USA team has been since, or from other previous USA teams. Now, I don't watch USA a lot, so that needs to go. That needs to be said first. So I didn't watch the qualifiers. I watch every now and then, like maybe a few. Uh, <laughs> Quinton's in. Uh, he's in Fed Square already. <laughs> Quinton's in. Uh, we'll introduce him in a second. We've just got a couple more questions for Dan, and then we'll, we'll in, introduce uh, Q and his Aussie Aussie shirt. But continue, mate. Um, yeah, I I, um, I haven't really seen USA play a lot, but what I did see USA, I thought they're very good in possession. They can control the game. They can keep the ball. They had Wales press press back into a low block, um, and were creating chances. Like, and they have a lot of good technical players. Um, I think also Weston McKinney is another one. Plays good, Juventus. Very good. Like, what about Dest, the, the fullback Dest? I think yeah, he's at like 18 now. He was at faster. Yeah, so Gio Dest. Well, he came from Ajax too. He's uh, like yeah, Dutch okay. American. So mm. he was – because he speak, his accent as well is more Dutch, I feel. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, but just they've got a lot of good technical players. I think they're very um, – in terms of technical ability, they're very underrated. And look, can they beat the Netherlands? Yeah, because if Saudi Arabia can beat Argentina – um, you know, Australia were tipped to do nothing at this World Cup by lots of people. Um, it's like the man at the top of the screen. <laughs> I actually, yeah, yeah. Quinn thought, we uh, thought we were finished with nine points. Um, I actually did. I didn't expect Australia to do as well. You know, like we've never seen Australia have two wins in a World Cup. So it's not as if um, people's predictions went w- without, um, what can I say, um, without evidence, you know, because yeah. the way we qualified as well, like the Peru game was really, it was a drag and we just managed to get through. And then we had the, we won on penalties. So it was just like, Oh, we've just made it. You know, everyone was like, fan, I was like, fantastic. Me personally, fantastic. We've made it. We're at the world cup. Thank God, you know, because if we don't have a world cup in this country, like look, look at the scenes we have now, you know, Quentin's he's, he's had to book a ticket to get there early. That's where, <laughs> there's people lining up behind him. You can't see him. But there's gonna that's gonna be full, and it was so awesome. I mean, we've had the players talk about it, we've had our media now talk about it. Now Adelaide are doing a live uh, site, Sydney doing a live site. There's gonna be a live site in Muzzlebrook in in Newcastle, I'm pretty sure. So, <laughs> and Maitland as well. Now they've just made another one. <clears throat> Who's this? Everywhere. Yeah, they've made another Maitland. one at um, one of the football clubs at Maitland at the football field. They've got a big um, portable screen put up, and they're gonna put the game on. There we go. So. And now they're doing one at Amy Park. So Amy Park, you're going to be able to get in for free and go. It's, it'll be like full capacity. Um, and they're going to be able to – I don't know how they're going to do it. Like they're going to put a big screen on the field or you're just going to watch it on those small replay screens. I'm not sure. But they're going to show the World, the World Cup match at, uh, at Amy Park. That's insane. Um, so now, like, that's the difference in having a nation at a World Cup and not – if we didn't have this team at the World Cup, there's no way – We'd be hearing about anything, you know. And maybe only SBS would have it. They'd be showing a, a few games here and there. You don't know if you get full coverage. Like it's, it's these things have happened before. So yeah, it was amazing. We qualified, and then to go and beat Tunisia one nil, get that three points, especially after the game against France, which was so kind of not demoralising, but it was just like wow, like you know these like Mbappe, Griezmann, um, Dembele, Ra- even Rabiot, Giroud, like. 
Yeah, Rabio turned on in that game you went to. Oh, that was so good, man. I've never seen Rabio play so well. So honestly, they were, they were just yeah, they just looked like it looked like two different um, worlds, you know. So oh, yeah, awesome, it was, it's it's awesome to see that Australia are in there, and definitely in saying all that, America can beat the Netherlands. You know, we've seen it happen. We've seen it happen. Look this morning, Japan over uh, Portugal to get through. Um, Cameroon beat Brazil 1-0. So it can happen. It can happen. No, good stuff, Dan. But your insight has been absolutely amazing about the, the World Cup, all the games you went to. Qatar, you know, sounds really good as well. Um, yeah, I've, I've loved it. I'm sure the uh, the viewers and the listeners um, are going to absolutely love it as well. So um, really, really appreciate you coming on and giving your insight. I will ask one final question because there's one final question right. I do want to ask. Um, and I'm sure everyone that tunes into this, whether it's live now or, or as a podcast afterwards or on pre-record, one player from every single game, only one player that you was most impressed by where you just thought this guy could he's could be Ballon d'Or one day, potentially. Or, or, or you watched and thought, yeah, this guy's... And he doesn't have to be 18, 19, 20. It could be even someone that's, you know, yeah, yeah. From, is it any player that you just looked at and you thought you know this this guy is just outrageous and someone that could be you know i knew he was good anyway like from watching him on tv but now i'm completely sold or someone that you actually didn't expect and now you're like you know what well, this guy's unreal from from all the games i saw Every can't game. be henry Suter at all can't be henry Suter. <laughs> uh, look Suter's a fantastic player i'd love him on my team but he's not my style um <laughs> Did you say Henry Suter? <laughs> Who's calling him Henry Suter? Uh, Suter. Uh, it like, there's a bloke on Twitter today saying, your best play is Henry Suter. And I was like, well, who's Henry Suter? Really? Henry. And then I realised he was saying Harry Suter. Maybe you thought Henry. Henry Suter. Yeah. Um, well, he's playing like Henry Suter, mate. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, from Okay, so from every game I saw? Every game, yep. Um, nice. All right. USA Wales? Um, oh, sorry, no, no, one, one across every single fixture. Sorry, just, just one every, player across everything. Then it's it's Pedri, Easy. Pedri, golden, Pedri. golden ball of the Euros last year. I think he got. Yeah, he will. Yeah. He will win a Ballon d'Or. Like, yeah, the things he does off the ball, on the ball, just how calm he is, uh, his ability with the ball at his feet. Yeah, he watching him live, it's very different from watching him on TV, and like he looks. He looks like he's just moving at a moderate pace. He doesn't look like he's sprinting or, or running around. or He doesn't look like he's doing anything hard, you know? He's, um yeah, Pedri's the man. Amazing. And is he more Xavi, Iniesta, or is he a hybrid? Or is he nothing like them? Ooh. Um, I don't know. Like, Xavi and Iniesta were very passy-passy um, mm. and, like, amazing touches. Of course, both could dribble, both could keep the ball. You know, yeah, Iniesta Pedri can dribble, can't he? But Pedri can really dribble. Like Pedri can dribble almost like Isco, uh, but he passes like Iniesta and Xavi. You know, like he's such a such a different talent, and I think that's why he stands out so much. Defends well too. Like he gets back. Well, there you go. At D10 Football, amazing analysis of his experience in Qatar for the World Cup 2022. Really enjoyed it. It's making me want to go to the next one, which is in USA, Canada, and Mexico. I can't, I can't wait for it. So, thanks, um, Daniel, for that analysis. Absolutely brilliant. I'm sure all the viewers, listeners, are just 
yeah, they're, they're going to absolutely love it because I did. And um, yeah, really appreciate it, mate. So, but before we, uh, we're about to introduce Quentin. Um, also, if you've just tuned in, because I see a few people have just tuned in now, please just give the video a like, uh, hit the subscribe if you haven't done already. Follow the guys on the screen as well at D10 Football and at FPL Amateurs of Oz. They're on Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, I think pretty much every social media platform out there. So you can you can find them online. Um, but yeah, let's introduce Quinton. He's now here. He's in. He's into the stream. Um, he is in uh, Federation Square. So all three of us here are in Australia. So we are... You know, looking forward to the Australia Argentina game, and not as much as this guy Quentin Q. How are you, how are you going, mate? And look, you look, yeah, you look like you're there, nice and early. <laughs> yeah, no, I um, I put Elijah to sleep uh, right near the screen, so you hold the spot for us, and um, yeah, got here nice and early, so we got a good spot to watch the game. No, good to hear, <laughs> and it's good to have you on. What we're going to do now is we're going to talk through uh, some of our favourite moments. Uh, of the World Cup so far. I'll just bring in a couple of uh, quick comments that did come in. So Blurpy, um, who is in the USA, just said, you guys should fill out a bracket for the World Cup. We actually did a preview podcast, which is on the page um, on the, on this channel. And we actually did a preview and we sort of talked about all our predictions and that type of thing. Um, but you know what? We probably should have done a bracket on that because that is a, it's a very cool idea. And then Coach's Corner just said, great stuff, Daniel. Really enjoyed that. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it too. It's just got me oh, absolutely well. like pumped to want to go to Dan I've got a, a question for you um I saw a TikTok video after the games the locals come out and give out free um cups of tea and snacks and stuff is that legit wow which which TikTok was this did you see Ben Black TikTok was it or it, every, might, it might have been every that every beautiful game um the locals actually do they they make things and they hand them out to people as well they hand they were handing out water to everyone as well like bottles yeah, of water so, it was insane. Yeah. I was like, "That's amazing!" Like they had like sweets and treats, and yeah, yeah. No, it, it's look the every time I've been to Qatar three times this year. Every time we've been, the people are super friendly, super nice, um, super hospitable. And when I say super, like I mean super. Like it's the nth degree hospitable and nice and friendly and welcoming. Um, we've Diana and I have a love every day we've had in Doha, in Qatar. It's just, it's a new city. Um, everything is like brand spanking new. There's obviously a lot of money there. That's that's no secret. Um, and all the facilities, all the hotels, the accommodations, the like places to eat, restaurants and all this, they are, yeah, like they're literally six star. It's just, yeah, everywhere we've been anyway, all of my experiences. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, brilliant, brilliant. How good was that? Um, so yeah, what a great summary from at uh, D Ten Football. Um, so now let's move on to the next part of the podcast, and we're all just going to give uh, just some of our thoughts so far. We're going to go through one team who has surprised us so far, one team that has stood out in terms of we're just blown away by the way that they're they're playing, and we think they're going to end up possibly winning it um, or going far and then one team who's disappointed us so I'll quickly go through my three my one team who has just surprised me is Morocco um yeah look I had a feeling they'd be quite good but I, I didn't expect them to qualify and qualify in the manner that they have yeah. done and you know someone like Ziyech has been brilliant for them and, he's, and he you know obviously didn't quite go for him at Chelsea and he's now got the loan move away and yeah Morocco's really really surprised me and yeah, brilliant. And I think your man, Dan, that you said on the first preview podcast we did, Buffal from who used to be in the Premier League, he's he's been a standout for them as well. Yeah, well, the thing with um, Morocco is all their players 
are super technical, super mm. good with the ball, very good 1v1. Like you could take three of their players and put them against three of any other nation and they're going to look like the world's best players. You know, very similar to an Algeria, very similar to a even a Tunisia. You know, Tunisia have some very good technical players. Uh, you see the goal they scored um, it was the against last the French against France. Mm. That player, um, I forget his name just now, but when he came on against Australia, Kazri, I think it was Kadri or yes, Kazri. Kazri, that's the one. Mm. When he, when he, I think he was. I'm not sure if he was on for the whole game, but he was a menace. Like he was dribbling two or three people at a time. Good delivery into the box. Um, I think we we were not fortunate, but because we had Harry Suter and Matty Ryan that had one of the best games probably ever they're going to have in a World Cup is the reason that Tunisia didn't score. You know, like other other than that, I think Tunisia are scoring because. This player was just, he was wreaking havoc, you know. But Morocco have got players of this caliber uh, and more so. A lot of League One players, Premier League, as we've said. And Ziyech, Ziyech for me, the way he's played in this World Cup, it just goes to show, like, even even with Timo Werner uh, that was at Chelsea, you know, like, some is going on at Chelsea. The way mm. too... Pulisic as well. Uh, so yeah, Pulisic as well. Pulisic mm. is like, man, when they say Captain America, like that's real, that stuff, you know, he's got a shield and stuff. Like he's, he's unbelievable. So there's something happening at Chelsea, especially with, even, even with Lukaku, although Lukaku yeah. did have a great World Cup, you know, he, if he scores, Belgium probably goes through. Havertz as well. He looked, he looked pretty good for Germany in the minutes. Havertz, Havertz looked great for Germany. Like there's something there happening at Chelsea. Um, if, like everything that happened with Tuchel, I know, I know we digress a bit onto, onto Premier League, but I don't think we can really look at the players, and we're getting a true reflection of who they are uh, for their club side. You know, if Ziyech gets a move, like you said, where's he loaned to now? I think he went to Milan, AC Milan. Is that right, Q? Milan? AC um, Milan. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to be watching that keenly because he's someone that I think he's world class. He just needs yeah, that right environment. You know, sometimes environment can be the dictator between, or the sorry, the dictator, the difference between a player looking like Lionel Messi or a player looking like Zlatan Ibrahimovic at Barcelona. You know, and Zlatan's world class as well, as we know. So yeah, Morocco. It didn't surprise me. I thought they were going to be good. Um, obviously, I knew about Buffal. I knew about Ziyech. Um, I didn't have all of them in my fantasy team, so I thought I'll go with Buffal just because of Ziyech's season with Chelsea. You know. Um, but yeah, Morocco are fantastic footballers. Awesome, and I'll just bring up a couple of surprise teams that have come up. Coach's Corner says for me, the USA and Australia. Yeah. Um, and then Blurpy says it's Japan a surprise team. Feel like that group was tougher than finished first. I'd say yes in that group, but it's, it's a bit of a surprise. Um, I, I didn't think that. Well, I did say Germ. I, in the preview, I said I thought Germany were going to drop out early in this World Cup, but I think to finish first is a big achievement. Um, he says no clue if Japan is supposed to be good or not. So there you go. So that's a couple of surprise teams from the viewers. Um, I'm just going to talk about one team who I think stood out or sort of I look at and think they could, you know, go on to maybe win this. I'll probably say France. I just think they just seem relentless. Like there's just something about that squad. Um, you know, Dan mentioned earlier all the injuries they've got, but they just keep pulling players from absolutely mm. everywhere. So for me, I think one team that stood out has been the French in terms of like, I know they lost Tunisia, but 
you know, they did make some more changes. But I think France just seemed like they got a relentless squad. So that was just the one team that, that stood out for me. Um, and then one team who disappointed me was Uruguay because I actually thought they were going to come out of that group. I know they only lost on um, goals scored, but Uruguay, uh, they disappointed me in the end. I just thought they would have would have got those extra points. So that's my uh, three. Um, we'll pass on to, uh, we'll go to you next, Quentin, and then Dan, we'll get you to finish off with your three. So Q, who, who was the team that surprised you the most? Um, I'd probably say Morocco as well. I haven't watched a lot of Morocco, but I know Dan had spoke um, about them and said that they're, they're you know underrated they're going to have a good world cup and watching some of their games they were just yeah ridiculous and i didn't think that they'd top the group i thought as i watched the first game i thought oh yeah they're not too bad they might end up getting through possibly but they just would look like the best side in that group so that was a big shock for me and i agree with you i think france um for me just anyone that has mbappe and i, I said it against australia like he's just a cheat code he's literally <laughs> He's the fastest bloke I've ever seen, and he looks yeah. like he just does it in no effort. And I just, I was worried about our defense marketing because I'm like, there's no one that can keep up with him, and he would choose where he wants to be, and then three steps, and he's there, and then he's already beat everyone. So yeah. I think if he's fit, I could see France probably winning it again. I and the, um, the team that disappointed you the most, I'd say Denmark because I actually thought that um, they would probably nearly. <laughs> top the group or at least make a good account for themselves but i thought they were pretty disappointing and i know as i said you i think he's gone has he gone on your screen dan no he's just pulling a face <laughs> well look q's uh i think q's just frozen on the he'll screen be back. he'll be back yeah he'll, he'll be back at some point we'll um we'll just remove him and wait till he comes back in um just, we'll, uh, just kick him out <laughs> We'll bring him back in. Um, we'll get Dan's thoughts in a sec. I'll bring up a couple of comments. Blurp, who just come and said, France versus England in round, round two. You never know, though. England has still got to get past Senegal and, and France yeah. past Poland. There has been a lot of shocks in this World Cup, so you let never me, know. Let me just say on that as well. England against USA, USA had the better of the chances and looked, yeah, like, they they did. Were, they looked like they were going to win the game. Like It was scary. That was scary for England. Considering how well they did against Iran, all the goals they scored, and then, oh, well, they did very well against Wales as well. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think Iran and Wales really tested England. As yeah. like USA did test them, you know, and they got USA really. They, they're not nice. They got stuck in. There was a few mm. kicks in there, a few you know, uh, flying elbows and things. They made it difficult, didn't they? They made it very difficult, and um, so yeah, there's there's literally no givens. England have who in the round of sixteen? Is it Senegal? Senegal, you see, that's I don't think that's a given either. Like, it's just a it's just a team that they don't they don't stop. Uh, they've got very good players that we spoke about before. I want to get the name of that number thirteen, the one that plays at Sheffield. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, FPL Penguin, welcome to the stream, mate. Great to uh, great to have you in the comments. Um, Dan, let's get your three teams. Oh, sorry, your your. Um, I'll, I'll quickly read you out the, the questions again. Um, I don't think Q will be joining us by the looks of it. Uh, he froze in time. Um, so we'll go with the one team that surprised you the most uh, first. So who's the one team that surprised you the most? Saudi Arabia. I did not Saudi Arabia? Them. I did not expect them to play as they did against Argentina. But I think what, pointing to what I said um, earlier in this, in this um, stream, all the surrounding nations came to support Saudi Arabia. 
and Lucille is an 80,000 uh, or eight, I think 88 or 90,000 capacity. There was 88,000 people in there. A lot of Argentinians as well, but the noise, the atmosphere in there would have been, it would have been bedlam. Like it would have been ridiculous, you know? So the atmosphere would have been incredible. They really uh, got up to play against Lionel Messi in Argentina. Um, there's that rant that went viral on social media with their coach going, oh, you want to take a selfie with Messi? You know, oh, yeah. you know he's, play like he's been around as well, that coach. He's coached uh, maybe the Ivory Coast or like there's been a few other yeah. African sort of nations he's, 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 he's done. And obviously he was pretty impressive. Just quickly go back on Saudi Arabia as well. They're, it's very close to Qatar. It borders Qatar, doesn't it's it? Right, it's literally it next door. So it's kind of like a almost like a home game. Yeah, very much so, very much so. So, and that's what people were saying. Like that was the hardest game to get to, because obviously people want to see Argentina and Messi. But for mm -hmm. Saudi Arabia, it was their first World Cup match in this World Cup, and a lot of people drove. They drove over the border, so there was yeah, cars okay. everywhere. There was cars, Land Cruisers, all sorts, like everywhere. It was the the roads that day were yeah, that was horrible. Um, but they, they were the team that surprised me the most because even though, like when, when I when I started watching the first half, and I seen their high line and the way they're playing yeah, offside, I was like, I was like, nah. Like all they go, all that's going to happen here is someone's going to take a step back. They're going to play three versus one, and it's going to be a walk in, right? For some reason, Argentina didn't like switch on with this. You know, um, I know there was a lot of thing about VAR, and they went back and they looked, and oh, this wasn't right, and whatever. But it should be beyond doubt. Right, because like the defending was actually that bad. The mm. second half, the second half, incredible, and the goals they scored, especially the second one, unreal. Like there was like a fifteen minutes. There was a fifteen minutes where they just were like, "No, we're winning this game," you know, and they just just took it to Argentina. So they, that was the team that surprised me the most. Uh, good stuff. Good to good to hear. And um, what about the one team that sort of stood out that you've watched and and you sort of thought, you know, this. This is this is a team that maybe not like not necessarily is going to go all the way and win it, but one you think it's going to push all the way to you know at least the sort of semi-finals, and you sort of watch and you think, yeah, they're they're well drilled, they're you know they're difficult to beat, or they're you know they they you know they're looking good tactically. Is there, is there a particular nation? Um, apart from the favourites, I would probably say uh, Croatia. Croatia, that's a good pick. I was thinking earlier when actually when yeah. someone on um, on Twitter asked me uh, about some Croatia players for fantasy, and you know, I sort of looked at it and thought they're defenders, and I was like, yeah, they've they've looked pretty solid at the back. Um, they've got, and obviously they've still got the likes of Modric, Perisic, uh, Kramaric has scored a couple of goals, and they got to the final in 2018, didn't they? And they always seem to find yeah. a way to get pretty far in tournaments or. You know, and, and get results. That's yeah, that's a good point. Did you what you so Croatia wasn't someone you saw live though? No, I, I didn't get to see them live. We just watched them like what you do is you generally see one. You're half Croatian, yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, um, we see one game in a day, and then uh, you'd go back to the hotel or either before in the hotel we, we'd watch the other games. You know, um, so you still get to see loads of football. No, that's that's awesome, mate. And um, yeah, it's a really good pick. Uh, with Croatia, just a quick one from Blurpy. Appreciates this analysis, fellas. I am one of those who just watch soccer every four years. I'm going to call it a night and root for USA in the morning. Good luck to Australia, mate. Thanks for joining the stream. Really appreciate it. It's always great to have people that come in, and even if they don't necessarily watch, you know, football much, um, you know, just getting involved, coming into the comments. You know, we absolutely love it. So thanks for coming in, mate. 
And uh, yeah, good luck to the USA as well. Um, one uh, last one for you, Dan, and then we'll quickly get Q to finish off here. Who's good. the one team who uh, who disappointed you in this tournament that you were just like, you know, I can't um, believe they've not qualified into the next round? There were a few of these. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, especially yours, you know, Uruguay. Um, I really thought Uruguay was going to do well. I am glad that uh, Arascaeta got the two goals this morning. Because I've been telling people that like, he didn't start. The volley was unreal. Yeah, exactly. I thought he was going to start, and then he mm. came on for this match. He came on for the others as well. But this match, he uh, I think he got more time, and uh, I think he showed who he who he could be. I think probably the issue with Uruguay is there's probably just too many uh, forward options. Like yeah. there's just too many forward Top options. There's no, no focal. You know, like in the next World Cup, they'll probably be a little bit more focused, almost or more intention because like you look up and you have you know we can say Nunes because he plays Liverpool Nunes Cavani Suarez you were uh, like Valverde like there's just so many good players in this team so I think you've said Uruguay um I don't know who Q was going to say because he, he froze but for oh, me it's Denmark Denmark yeah okay Denmark I thought was going to top our group you know I was going to say Denmark as well because like I Belgium or Germany I was going to say Belgium. Belgium was going yeah. to be mine. Like, Belgium for me also was like my dark horse because I was like, yeah, I know they're usually the dark horse, but absolutely no one talking about them. Qualified well. Um, a plethora, basically, of world-class players. Premier League and La Liga. Serie A players. Like, they play, they all play Champions League. So this is a group of players that like are playing top football, 60 to 70 games a season. Um, and then... You know what happens happened and um and they're out so it it, it is a shame you know, i would have liked to see belgium go through because any knockouts anything can happen um i agree and they finished third in 2018 as well it wasn't like they've yeah. just come off a world cup where it wasn't great they finished third yeah, and... yeah. i you know i think as well for germany for germany it's, it's really interesting like um i think in 2006 they had the german um obviously the world cup was in germany they did all right so amazing, 2000, yeah. 2010, they didn't get out of the group. Now, 2010, they did well. That was the Africa one. 2010, they did well. 2010, they did well. So, 06 20, was semis. 2010 was semis. 14, they won it. And then 18, they didn't get out of the group. Really? Yeah, so 2010, they, got, they destroyed us. <laughs> they haven't got out. Yeah. So, 2010, they did. So, so they were 20, brilliant. 2010. 2018 and 2022, they haven't got out of the group. No. Nah, and what it was with Germany was so 2002 oh. World Cup. They obviously got to the final, lost to Brazil, but they kind of got to the final based on big, strong German players. And mm. I feel, I think I always remember um, them saying after that World Cup, they were like, look, we, we got to do something. We got to change the way we play. And they ripped up the blueprint. And then they ended up uh, eight years later in Africa with Ozil, uh, Thomas yeah. Muller, Kadira. Um, there was all these top players. And then they got to the semis and, Everyone was like, this Germany team's going to do something. And then in 2014, they won it. And then I feel like yeah. now, sorry, in 2014, yeah, 2014, they won it. I feel like 2018 to 2022, especially this World Cup without Joachim Lowe, I feel like they're at the end of their cycle now and they're ready to regenerate again because there's players in there. I think I've read a really good stat. So Thomas Muller had scored 10 World Cup goals in 2010 and 2014, 10 World Cup goals in total, which is more than yeah. Ronaldo, more than Messi. Uh, mm. And that's in two World Cups. Then in 2018 and 2022, zero goals. Yeah. Incredible. If, if he goes on and scores 
like as he did in the previous World Cups, playing four of them. He's he's the best goal scorer of all time in World Cups. He's Easily. the record holder. Well, the other the record holder is is Germany, Europe, isn't it? Closer. Yeah, closer. Yeah, closer. Yeah. yeah. So um. Yeah, Germany yeah, is disappointing, but they'll turn it around again. I mean, but the thing is as well, they're not starting from scratch either. They're not starting with big lumps of wood. Oh, they have yeah. some yeah. good. They've good got young players. Masala. How old? Yeah, Musiala. Oh my God! So come through the English like, system, though. Come through. Yeah, AFC well, Wimbledon. Well. I think he was at. He could have been English or or uh, mm. German national, couldn't he? He yeah. could have been both. Yeah, Musiala is fantastic Good. on the ball. Um, you've also got I don't know how old Gundogan is now. If he's going to be there for the next World Cup, nah, I think because he's he's. I think that's it for him now. He's older now. He's about thirty. Still good player. Look, I think it's about thirty. Yeah. Muller's done now. I think I don't think we'll see Muller back. And um, but look, Germany. I think second most World Cups. They've won it four times. They've yeah. made they've made other finals. They've, they've lost in other finals. You know, this was their chance to, if they won this, to equal Brazil's five. They're out. Yeah. Um, I think we have, a few of us did predict on on the pod on the preview pod that this would actually happen with Germany. We just felt without Joachim Lowe that it just wasn't going to be the same for them. But look, that's our uh, teams. Um, that we're sort of surprised with, disappointed with, best team so far. I'm just going to quickly run through the teams now that have qualified in first and then in second, and then we're going to bring up the fixtures. So in first, we had the Netherlands, England, Argentina, France, Japan, Morocco, Brazil, and Portugal. Um, so some big names in there, but then also you've got the likes of Morocco and Japan in there. Um, and then in second, we had Senegal, USA, Poland, Spain, Croatia, Switzerland, South Korea, and I'm going to save this one till last. Australia come into second. That one's for Q. I have to say, and I think a lot of people have been watching my score predictions on TikTok and on YouTube throughout this World Cup, and I haven't predicted Australia to get a result in any game. And I've had a lot of people <laughs> message me or comment in chats, message me or in comments on TikTok, and have roasted me saying, you live in Australia and you haven't backed them in one game. Uh and, and a lot of people were saying before I post my score predictions, I've had people message me going, don't even tell me the Australia prediction because I know you're going to put them to lose. And I just want to say it's not because I dislike the team. I dislike Australia. I want them to win. I really want them to do well against Argentina. I just did not expect them to get one point in this World Cup. I, yeah. I thought they were going to get zero points because this Australia squad, is, in terms of quality, is just way off the 2006 Australia World Cup squad. In terms of quality, um, yeah. in my They've opinion, yeah, yeah, and and coach as well. Like, look, no disrespect, Graham Arnold. He's done a great job, but Gus Hiddink called Graham Arnold. Like, there's just a difference in terms of <laughs> football coaching. But Australia are, th- are through. They're playing Argentina. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing. But um, look, obviously, you've got Q at the top of the screen there. Who he was back in Australia. Um, whether it was through his heart or his head, we're not sure. Uh, at D10 football, he had a bit. I think you were kind of a bit more mixed with your thoughts. I, did. I was I just thinking with, zero. With my heart, I actually thought that I thought France were going to bomb, and I thought mm. that Denmark and Australia might go through with my heart. But with my head, I thought it'd be France and Denmark. So, yeah, I thought that if we can get a point against France, that we'd be all right. So, as soon as we lost against France, I was like, oh, this is going to be difficult now. Because that's the other thing is like the smaller nations, when they play each other, they actually come to play and play and play like it, it's more like a final you know it's more yeah. of a final. and it we felt like that the australia tunisia game it felt like that you could tell yeah. it was kind of the two weaker opponents in the group potentially on paper 
Well, that's well. So, so it was predicted, you know, or so the yeah. odds, so the odds said, you know. Um, and I think that was yeah felt throughout the stadium. So when we won that, um, and I think also keeping the first clean sheet since 1974, um, that right, was in a World Cup. I know exactly. That was just unbelievable. You know, like Matty, Matty Ryan's now going down as probably the greatest Australian World Cup goalkeeper ever, and ahead Matt, of Mark Swartzer as well. Ahead of Mark Swartz, that's exactly right. And um, and you know Matthew Leckie will probably be remembered in the same vein after this after this game because he will have the most um, appearances, I believe. Uh, I so, sometimes that's the case, right? You don't always need the best squad. You see it in um, you know you see it in the Premier League. I'd say when Liverpool won the league, obviously they had a really good squad and good players and world class players. But they've probably had other squads down the years that have been really good as well. Or you know yeah. you sometimes get that where a team might win the Champions League or the league, and it's not necessarily with their uh, their best side and sometimes it just clicks like that and um you know australia obviously found themselves into the last 16 which is just incredible 100 yeah. percent, you know and to to play and be happy without the lion's share of possession and to defend and to just continually see wave after wave of attack from either denmark or tunisia and to win that way like yeah you know football is like that and and sometimes mm. you do have to ride that little bit of luck and even the best teams when they don't have a luck it does the result doesn't go their way so you know maybe it is australia's time maybe maybe quinton's right and we're going to win in the morning and Lionel messi will come and play in the a-league because he'll want to play <laughs> he want to play a higher level so, so q you've been playing was it 40 chess this whole time yeah mate um yeah mate so um you know pick japan atop the group so um i was pretty happy with that just because i i know how difficult japan um are to play because they've polished us twice uh in the qualifying so as much as i was hoping to get results against japan they're just technically a better side than us like dan spoke the teams of technical players and japan have got that but also what um like australia has is that um they lay everything on the line backs against the wall like in you can the never DNA. write. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's probably what we um, are familiar with with the 2006-2010 side. We don't have the same players. We don't have the Harry Kills or the Tim Cahills or the Vadukas, but we've actually seen that DNA come back into the Socceroos that I reckon is, was non-existent at probably our last two World Cups. Um, and, yeah, just I'm, I'm so proud of them. I'm so pumped. Like, I was optimistic. I said four points. Um, so six points, you know, I didn't expect that. But, um, yeah, so happy. And it's so good for people in Australia now that never seen us win games at a World Cup because they're that young or they've never seen us score a goal in open play at a World Cup. And now, you know, they get to share this experience. And tomorrow, I, I if all things go to plan, Argentina have a really, really, really bad day and we push it to extra time and then we put red main in goals and win on penalty shootout. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a tough day in the office, but I think that we're going to go in. There's no expectation to win. A lot of people are just happy we're there and, you know, I'm happy we're there and going to yeah. get up and watch yeah. it and enjoy football. But, um, yeah, no, definitely going to be uh, putting some uh, voodoo spells on uh, all of the Argentinian players tonight before I go to bed. Nah, good stuff, Q. And um, if you end up having another kid, I'm sure you're going to call him Graham after the Australia coach, Graham Arnold. Mate, so... shout, out, shout out to the coach of Copenhagen. How do you like Matt Ryan now? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So uh, I think he's the Copenhagen... got that other 
Danish team, they didn't rate Matt Ryan, right? The um, the Aussie keeper. And then, you know, he's obviously had a storm in, storm in World Cup. But that's what's so good about World Cups, Euros, international tournaments, is players that can maybe be written off at club level can come into a World Cup, breath of fresh air for them, and they end up being brilliant. We mentioned Pulisic, Ziyech, um, you know, so far. And then you've obviously gone through Matt Ryan. Um, so, you know, sometimes it can happen. You know, in a World Cup, happens for Harry Maguire in an England shirt as well. Um, but look, I'm going to um, share the screen. Let's get on to some fixtures now. Uh, let's go through the round of 16 fixtures. Let's get these shared. We'll um, we'll go through our um, predictions for each game, just the score prediction and one player each that we're really excited to to watch or we think is going to, you know, potentially be the one that, you know, decides the fixture. Um just before I do, if you are new here, if you can just give the video a like, hit the subscribe button on the channel, get all your comments and thoughts in as well. And um, also, if you can just follow uh, Quinton at FPL Amateurs of Oz and at D10Football, Daniel Capillaro. Um, they are both on Instagram and Twitter. Um, so go and check them out as well. Let's go through the first game. We've got USA, uh, Netherlands versus the USA. Um, so this one... This is an intriguing game. I think I said initially for me, I wasn't really that sure on this Netherlands team and they've kind of gone back around in a circle by having Van Howe in charge, which I think is the third time they've potentially had Louis Van Howe in charge. So he has done the rounds. Maybe it's going to be third time lucky for him. I've predicted them to win 2-1 and I'm going to back Gakpo, who's obviously had this great tournament so far, to be the decisive player. Um, Dan, what are you thinking with this one? Score prediction and who's your one player? Yeah, I'll say uh, Netherlands 1-0. And um, I think, yeah, Gakpo is a great shot. Um, has, has Bergwijn been playing? He did the first two no. games. I think he got injured really. in the last game. He got really? injured. Depay's back, though. Depay's back. Mm. All right, I'll say Frankie de Jong. How about that one? Oh, Frankie de Jong. Yeah, he scored in the last game. That's just because you met his parents, mate. Yeah, so Dan met Frankie de Jong's parents at a hotel in Qatar, didn't you? At breakfast? Yeah, well, that's a yeah, that's one for the ages, mate. That story, incredible. <laughs> How good is that, um, Q? So, what are you thinking on this one? Score prediction and player? Um, I think it's going to be 2-1. I think Netherlands are going to have too much. I have been impressed with how good defensively USA have been, but just there's been moments of class from Netherlands that I've seen. Yeah. Um, in that front front part of the field that they just look quality like Depay and uh, Gatpo were just like just tearing teams to shreds when they were, you know, on each on the same level as each other. They were sort of playing good passes, one, two, he's just passing through defences. So, yeah, I think they're going to have too much. They're going to go 2-1. One. 2-1. Two, one. And what do you think on their defence? We have just had a comment from Ospike. Dumfries not doing it yet in this World Cup. Um, yeah, because Dumfries normally gets a lot of attack and returns and assists and stuff. In um, we've seen it in the Euro Fantasy, the UCL Fantasy. But I think he's got a couple of clean sheets. Um, how do you think been? Me. How's how's Van Dyke been? How's how's the defence been for for Netherlands? See, the Dumfries reminds me of like Cancelo. Remember early in the season where everyone's like, "Oh, Cancelo's washed." Like he's getting no attacking returns, but he was literally like camped inside the other team's like goal box most of the game. And mm-hmm. Dumfries is actually getting more advanced than what Depay was at stages. I was like, oh, because I was watching it and I had obviously fantasy interest in the game. I said, oh, is that Gapco? And then on the next minute, it's Dumfries. I'm like, why is Dumfries like playing like a striker? And I swear the other game, he spent half the, the game up the top there. So I think the numbers aren't really showing exactly how good he's going. So hopefully, um, he can get an assist this game, but I thought the defense has been pretty solid. 
Yeah, you know, good stuff there from Q and Dan. All right, so we've got Argentina versus Australia next, the big one. Um, you know, we will all be watching this one. Um, obviously, I'll start. And uh, yeah, sorry, yet again, I'm actually going to back. <laughs> I'm not back in Australia. And look, the thing about this is, every time I've done this, obviously not the France game, but the other two games, they've, they've, they've won. So, um, so Argentina. <laughs> yeah, three-one to Argentina for me, and I'll tell you why. Um, I think Australia have played to their full capacity, you know, and I just think Argentina, the way they played against Poland, um, even in the Mexico game, it was they actually looked like they they were moving the ball. They, they they kind of had a bit more of a rhythm and routine. They were a lot more fluid. And I think there'll be a lot more focus now. They they know about knockout football. I don't know anything can happen on the day. And I still think Australia will score. I get a feeling Australia might go 1-0 up. They've scored in every game so far and gone one goal up in every single game. So I actually think they might take the lead. Um, but I just think Argentina will just have that little bit too much quality. I, I, I don't know why I've said it all day. I think Messi might grab a free kick. I don't know why. I just get a feeling he might score a free kick. But I really obviously want Australia to win and to qualify to the next round and to go through it, just be unreal. Um, you know, so, but I'm back in Argentina to, to win 3-1. Um, so, yeah, Dan, uh, what are your predictions? And oh, Messi's my player as well. Messi's my player. I think this is going to be the game for Messi. Just to, He's going to get that knockout goal, which he is, is due. Um, Ospike's actually come in and said McAllister could be good at 7 million for fantasy. Yeah, yeah I agree. Right. I like him. And Fernandez in midfield, who's six million. They're both really, really good picks from the Argentina midfield. But McAllister, yeah, he was running the show against Poland. But uh, Dan, what's your who's your player pick? You think is going to be good for this this game and your score? I'm not making any predictions. The uh, <laughs> the Argentinians call it uh, Mufa, which means like you put a uh, superstition on the game, and if you start to make predictions or think it's like they're going to win or there's something like this. Then it goes against the team. So it's, it's, I'm too superstitious for this one because I really want Australia to win. But I think if we look at it um, in terms of well, the odds um, historically in World Cups, the level of the players Argentina have, the leagues they play in, Lionel Messi, of course, greatest player of all time. Sorry, Q. Um, <laughs> you know, then... It, it only points to one way, but I really hope that um, Australia win and I hope that we get a public holiday. Oh, yeah, that'll be brilliant, actually. Let's hope Australia win for the uh, potential public holiday. That could happen. Uh, Quinton, who are you backing in, in this one? What, what do you think the score is going to be? And give us that one player that you think is going to decide it. Um, in reality, I'm probably going to say Argentina are going to win this 2-1. I think we could take it to them, but I think that you know, they do have a lot of quality, but in my heart, I'm hoping, you know, one all head the full time, we take it extra time, we continue to make it a hard affair, go to penalties, and then put in our secret weapon, the dancing wiggle, Mr. Redmayne, and we're going to get the win because history could repeat. Last time we are at that stadium, we got through on penalties against Peru. So a little bit of a... Um, Fun fact for everyone that playing at home. But, yeah, I think um, it's going to be a hard task for us. But, yeah, I'm hoping that we can um, definitely at least make a good account for ourselves and make it exciting. And I think actually McAllister is going to be the player for me. I think Messi's going to open it up so plays like McAllister and uh, Enzo Fernandez in the middle there is going to, you know, do a, do a bit of damage to us. What about um, Alvarez was amazing, wasn't he, in the last match? 
Oh, mate, I love that play. When he signed for yeah. Manchester City, I was so filthy. I'm like, they don't need any more. He's <laughs> so yeah, good. But um, Backus from Australia, I have a feeling he could start or get some decent minutes in this game. And I know I, met, I spoke to Dan when he come on. He yeah, just rustled about really... four blokes. He looked phenomenal. And I was like, where did he get this from? So probably a play to watch as well if he does get some good minutes. Yeah, uh, good, good stuff, Q. And um, Dan, um, I'll say, I think you, uh, do you have to head off, uh, head yeah, off now? Yeah, I've got about 15 more minutes, that's all. 15 more minutes. We've still got Dan for another 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> Ospite's come in and just said Australia Day to be moved to 4th of December if, uh, if Australia can win. You know, that would be <laughs> absolutely insane. Um, and sorry, Q, who was your player? Sorry, you just picked. Was it the goalkeeper, the second uh, goalkeeper? Uh, my favourite, um, yeah, my favourite Argentinian in the Premier League at the moment, Alex McAllister. McAllister. The nice second one. goalkeeper. Nice one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to France-Poland. Um, I'm going to back the French to win this game. Yeah. Um, I think they'll win. I'm going to go 2-0 and Mbappe is my uh, is my player. I just think France will have too much in the locker. Uh, Dan? France, 2-0 uh, is a nice one. I'm going to say 3-0 and I'm going to say Griezmann. Griezmann, yeah, good pick. He's such a tournament player. Uh, Quinton? Uh, 3-1 to France. I think Mbappe is going to just put on a clinic. And, yep. No, I love it. I think, yeah, Mbappe, obviously, if you are playing the fantasy football, then um, he could be the one to uh, to captain. Um, England versus Senegal. Actually, I think this is going to be a tight affair. We've seen how conservative Gareth Southgate yeah. likes to play it. But in knockout football, it worked in the Euros last year. Um, I think England are going to win. I think they'll go through. Uh, I think it'll be one nil. Um, I've actually put Rashford down just because he's looked good in the, the games he's played. Hopefully he does start. Um, might not, but even if he if he starts or comes off the bench, I think he's sort of the player for me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go one nil England. Will be a, a difficult game. Um, but there is my prediction, Dan. Yeah, I'll say England. Um, I'll go with England one nil as well. I'm gonna say Foden. I think Foden. he showed enough in the previous match. Uh, when it, when Gareth Southgate played him, everyone's asking him to play Foden, and I think they play better when Foden's on the field. So I will say England one nil and Foden. Yeah, will Foden start? I think he will. I think he if does. If they want to win, he will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If England want to win, Foden plays. You know, Foden starts. So I'm saying Foden. Good stuff from Q. Yeah, I think 2-0 to England. I think it will be a tight affair, but I could see England having too much quality, especially if they start Rashford and Foden. I think that same lineup, I think that they could they could win. And Who's I think Foden's going to be my pick. I think Foden. he just makes that side so much better. No, good stuff. All right, so we've got Japan versus Croatia next. don't think many of us expected Japan to win that group. Uh, Croatia have, have done well to qualify as well. Um, I'm going to back Croatia to, to qualify and win this. I'm going to go 2-1. Um, and the player that I really like is uh, Garva Dial, who plays at centre-back for them. Um, he's really impressed me in this tournament. He's made a lot of last-minute interceptions. Seems to just get his foot on the, on the end of everything. Like, Yeah, he's someone I think he's going to get a big move soon. Um, really impressed with him at centre-back. Um, I think he's been linked with a few Premier League clubs. So, yeah, 2-1 to Croatia. Dan? Yeah, I'll, I'm going to go with Croatia. Um, I'll say a 1-0. Um, and my pick's going to be very obvious. I think it's Luka Modric. I think Modric, he's, been doing, he's been doing a business for the more tournament as well, and he has previously too. So I think Modric is going to be their guy. I love it. Q? 
I think Japan are going to go through in either extra time or penalty shootouts. Ooh, okay. And who's your player? Um, I'm going to say Kamada from Japan. Okay. He's looking no, really I like good. that. I like that. And you've obviously been a big fan of the Asian uh, Federation teams in this World Cup. So you, you know, you'll be keen to get Japan through. Um, Mate, they've already sent watch me out. my uh, thank you letter from their support during the group stages yeah. and the president <laughs> yeah. of um, Japan. So, yeah, they love it, mate. They're loving all your support. Huge. Uh, Osbite just said, watch out for Brighton boy Matoma. Um, yeah, yeah, very, very good young player. Um, he was on, I think I tipped him to be sort of my uh, golden boy of the tournament. I think he's he's had some limited minutes. I think he might be coming back from an injury, but I'm not too sure. Um, let's go to Brazil versus Korea Republic. Obviously, Korea. Incredible going through. I had to sit through. I think it was eight minutes of stoppage time to you know find out if they were going to go through. I was really happy to see Son get that assist. Um, really yeah. good moment for him and Korea. What a pass! Ridiculous, oh, unbelievable pass. pass as well. It just shows you know there's more to his game than scoring goals. Um, but I think this could be it now for South Korea. I think Brazil will win two 0 to Brazil. Um, I think they'll keep the clean sheet as well. And I'm going to back my boy Richarlison to be the player, score the best goal in this tournament so far. So 2-0 to Brazil, Rich Allison. Uh Dan? Yeah, I think... Um, I don't think it's going to be three. But I, I wanted to say two, but you've sold 2-0. So I might... Look, I'm going to say 2-0 as well, because I don't think okay. it's going to be easy. But I think Neymar's going to come back in this match, uh, and he's going to come back with some absolute razzle. Sorry, bouncing off like Bosu balls and going in between uh, uh, ladders and stuff. So I think the ankle's fine, to tell you the truth. Uh, I think it was fine after the second match. I believe they've just extended it and they're resting him because it's not a form thing. Like when Neymar's on the field, Neymar's on the field. Um, he doesn't have to warm himself into the World Cup. I think he's going to come into round of 16 roaring and ready to go. I love it. It's a good point, actually. And I think a lot of people from the fantasy football side of the game have underlooked Neymar and sort of not really picking him now because I think, you know, he, injured, he's, kind yeah. of, he's gone and he's injured. But yeah, he could be a really good pick. Q, what are your predictions for this one? I'm going to copy you guys. Go 2-0. I think um, they'll get the job done. I think it might be tight early, but I could see just Brazil eventually getting over the line there. And I think Vinicius Jr. is going to yeah, be a player pick. that could good have pick. a bit of a breakout game. Yeah, he was unlucky to have the offside goal in the Switzerland game. And yeah, he's looked sharp throughout. And he's another one from the fantasy side of the game. Obviously, this isn't the fantasy football podcast, but he's on that. Because there's this template front three at the moment, people are actually forgetting about Vinicius Jr. So, yeah, he could explode in these knockouts. Really like that pick from UQ. Let's go to Morocco, Spain. Um, look, I've, I've always been a big fan of, of in the Spanish national team. Um, you know, and they, they keep the ball for 95% of the game. In, I'm going to pick one shock from all of these games. I want to pick one shock. And Morocco have just been, you know, we said they're all our surprise team. They've got good players, um, good defence as well. Obviously, we didn't even mention Hakimi, uh, Roman Saiz from Wolves, who's in there as well. Um, I'm going to back Morocco to knock Spain out. I'm going to go two-one to Morocco, and Ziyech is just on on fire. So Ziyech is my player, and I don't want to because I like. I, I, so I've always I've always been a big fan of Spain, and it's hard to sort of say I want them want them out. But um, yeah, I think Morocco are going to get through, um, and then we're going to see the you know 
potentially a Morocco-Portugal uh, quarterfinal. But yeah, two on to Morocco and Ziyech is my pick. Uh, Dan? I won't hear this uh, Pedri blasphemy. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to go with uh, Spain. I think Spain is going to have too much quality. It's going to control the match. It's not going to be easy. Um, I'll say Spain 1-0 and uh, Pedri to make the killer pass. Nah, love it. Love it. And look, that could well happen, but I had to pick one shock. And yeah, Morocco and <laughs> yeah. Ziyech. just there's something about Ziyech in this tournament at the moment. That goal he scored, even in, in the last game where the keeper was out of the goal, and you know, he just pings it in. It was, yeah, it was lovely to see. Uh, yeah. Quinton, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm going to say Spain to get free on either penalties or late in extra time. I think this is going to be yeah. a pretty tight affair. I think Spain are going to keep the ball a lot, but I think they might lack a bit of a finishing touch up top which will probably put them in a bit of trouble, but I can see them getting over the line eventually, whether it's extra time or penalties. And I think Olmo, he's really impressed me. He's looked yeah, really good. Right. So, yeah, definitely one play to watch. No, good stuff. And, yeah, obviously we've gone through all these games and the chances of there being penalty shootouts is always high in World Cup games. And it's knockout football. They're tight. You get a lot of draws. Um, so, yeah, there would definitely be penalty shootout drama at some stage. So the last game of the round of 16 is Portugal versus Switzerland. Um, yeah, look, Switzerland have, have looked pretty, uh, pretty impressive in the games that they've played. Shakiri's yeah. done his usual turn up every, you know, two years for a for an international tournament. Still muscly as ever, and looks like a, he looks like a rugby player whenever I watch him play. Um, but yeah, still as muscly as ever, uh, big calves and the, and whatnot. But I do think they're going to get knocked out. Portugal to win two one. Um, but I'm not picking Mr. Cristiano Ronaldo. I wasn't, haven't been impressed with yeah. him so far he doesn't look much fit but he loves knockout football that's the only thing i will say is he loves knockout football he lives for knockout football so you know sure. i don't want to sort of slander him too much but i'm picking uh, another player that quinton loves bruno fernandez um yeah he's coming to form in this world cup he's looked good um he probably got lucky that ronaldo was off the pitch to actually be able to take that penalty for portugal in the I think it was the second game or the first or second game, but a second game against Uruguay. Um, but yeah, I think he he could uh, he could be the difference in this game. Um, yeah, he's looked good. So two one to Portugal. Bruno Fernandez is my pick. Uh, Dan, what are you thinking? This is going to be my shock. I think Switzerland to beat Portugal, and I'm going with a one nil. I wow. think Jordan Shakiri is going to score this goal. And the reason being is because I watched Portugal against Ghana. And the whole first half, everything was about Ronaldo, trying to get the ball to Ronaldo. Is he going to score? Can he score? Is he getting this goal? I know he's already scored his goal in his five World Cups, but the whole, all of their matches all have a similar thing. And again, like you said, it's no Ronaldo slander because he'll probably come out and score a hat-trick. But... <laughs> Like, he has that about him, you know, like you said, tournament football. But the way Portugal are playing at the moment, it can be very hit and miss. Um, mm. And it's conceding goals as well. They are conceding goals. They are conceding the Uruguay goals. Game. You know, yeah, yeah. Uruguay was different. I think that was the one that they actually came to, uh, well, not that they came to play, but I think the first goal, the ball in from Bruno Fernandes, um, that ended yeah. up in the back of the net, um, I think that kind of just killed the game, really, you know. Um, it killed it off a bit. And then, yeah, the penalty is a penalty. But I think this is going to be a bit of a shock. Um, I think Switzerland will go through. Um, 
yeah, basically because of this. Like I, I believe that when the team's playing for Ronaldo, they don't play as well, unfortunately. Um, mind you, cool. uh, he got taken off this morning and then South Korea scored, didn't they? Yeah, they, yeah, true. He got taken off. Didn't he? he got a four point nine on foot mob. He got four point nine out of ten on foot mob. Um, oh, I don't think I've ever have. seen Ronaldo get a rating of four point nine in yeah. my life. But big so, prediction but, from Dan. That's the also the Shakiri's the Alpine Messi. That's what they call him, the Alpine Messi. Yeah, uh, there's something. There's a stat as well. Or the there. Alpine Barfridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I was going to say he looks like your football hero, Matt. Yeah, he does. So I've got a, um, a my football hero. So basically, it's uh, um, they're actually really good. Give them, give them a follow on Instagram or check their website, my football hero. So they did a graphic for me, um, and it basically I sent a picture in of me, and they made me as a graphic in a Spurs kit. And um, yeah, I ended up coming out looking like a, a, I was Shakiri because I was all pumped up with big calves, and big muscles, and um, yeah, he does look like my my football hero, does he? So yeah, the Alpine Messi, he's he's bringing it in this World Cup though. He is, and last bit from me on this: Shakiri is now with I think Lionel Messi and Ronaldo as the only player to score in the last three World Cups. I saw this stat today. I believe it's it's Lionel Messi, Ronaldo. Uh, Messi didn't weird. score in 2010, and if he did, he would have had five World Cup. Uh, he didn't score in 2010. Nah, which and if he did, he would have yeah. had five World Cup oh, so uh, 2014, appearances. 14, 18, and 2022. Yeah, that's right. 14, 18, 22. Yeah, that's right. 2010, yeah. he didn't score, and if he'd scored in 2010, he would have had the same record as Ronaldo because he yeah, scored right. in 06. Yeah, um, so he did. He did. He scored in Serbia. That's right. Yeah, crazy. But yeah, yeah I love Shikiri, that. Shakiri scored 14, 18, and now 22. So I yeah. think it's it's a nice stat. Switzerland, 1 0. Yeah. Is Arnautovic in their squad at the moment? I haven't seen him. Is he, did he make that squad? Uh, no. no, he didn't, did he? I think Arnautovic plays for Austria, doesn't he? Oh, he's Austrian. I don't know why I thought he was Swiss. Maybe because of Stoke. Maybe because of the whole Shakiri Arnautovic combination at Stoke. Um, yeah, he does play for Austria. That's a good good point. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they both play red. He's also, I mean, he might be there as a fan. <laughs> the thing to uh, Shakiri and also um, Arnautovic, I think, uh, of uh, they might be half Albanian as well. Yeah, Albanian. that's right. They are same as Zaka, whole, Xhaka, Granite Xhaka. That's right. The whole thing with the eagle celebrations and all this kind yeah. of stuff. So, yeah, we'll leave that's that out. We'll leave that out. That's yeah, another problem. We'll forget about that. Um, we'll go on to Q's prediction in a second. I'll just bring this up from Ozpike. Being on the opposite side of the draw, anyone fancy England Australia final? I don't. Oh, mate, that'd be the best. I think Argentina are going to win, but Quinton would take that right now. And they'll call it the Ashes. They'll call it the Ashes. <laughs> yeah, oh, mate, could you ashes. imagine? Could you imagine the pavers in Australia? Oh, the battlers, the Aussie battlers are going to go in for the football <laughs> Ashes. Yeah, against the Poms is what they'd say. Yeah. Q, uh, what's nah. your prediction Q? for the uh, yeah. Portugal Swiss? I'll, I'll Actually, it's going to be a highest. I mean, this is going to be game of the knockout stage. I think it's going to be three-two Portugal going through. Ronaldo doing a big suey, getting one <laughs> goal. But I think um, Bruno Fernandez, I think, could have one of those games where you know he's he's had a couple of good games so far. But I think he's going to have a really good game, and um, I'm hoping they start Diego Dello. He's so good. But he's been good. I think Dan like, mentioned earlier that he was brilliant in the game yeah, he went to. Great player. So, yeah, I think, yeah, Portugal 3-2 for me. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. You're obviously predicting a lot of goals. Dan, I think you were going to add something before about the Australia-England yeah, game. 
oh, about the Australian England game? No, I was just going to say I'm going to Quinton's predicts and then I'm going to head off. Right. I'm out. <laughs> there we go. Well, thanks I'm, at I'm the 10Football for um, or what we'll do before Dan leaves because the because podcast is nearly done anyway. I want to quickly get his last thoughts. Obviously, I want to thank him for coming onto the podcast. His insight was absolutely unbelievable. So if you have just tuned in now, go back and rewatch, or you can listen on um, on Apple uh, Podcasts as well. Dan basically spoke all about his experiences in the Qatar 22 World Cup, where he went to so many games, uh, and he spoke all about everything that went on over there. Argentina fans, the Portugal games, Ronaldo scoring a pen, you know, absolutely everything. The food, it was, yeah, it was brilliant. So go back and tune in uh, if you haven't done it already. Dan, thanks for coming on. Last piece, just before you go, has your tournament winner of Brazil, which was your prediction, has that changed or are you still back in Brazil to win the World Cup? Not at all. I, I still think Brazil are going to win the World Cup. I think there was a percentage release, like the highest probability of winning. And I think Brazil are at 28%. The next is 16 so I think Brazil okay. is still the favourites, um, even off of their performances. I know they lost to Cameroon, but it's probably better to lose now when you're already exactly through. at the end of the game as well. Yeah, exactly. Then to lose in the round of sixteen or quarterfinal, you know. So I still was, think was the stat X H expected hope, or was it? Uh, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I think it was uh, X V expected victory. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, love it, yeah. love it, and um, yeah, look, I have to say it's hard to disagree. I've got the Brazil top on today, um, but look, we'll see, we'll see what happens in that one at D10 Football. Thanks for joining, really appreciate it, and um, that we'll, we'll more than likely do a, a quarter finals podcast, and I'm sure Dan will be back for that as well. So I thanks really for joining in, mate. We appreciate it. No see you, Fed Square, mate. Yeah, right. <laughs> see you right and early for the Australia game if you come up. <laughs> See you later. Thank you. Bye. Love it. Thanks, Dan. Well, yeah, that was our uh, score predictions. Um, our players to watch in each game. Um, I'm just going to stop sharing the screen now. And then, Q, what we'll do now, we'll quickly both talk about our tournament winners. Um, and, yeah, and what do we think is going to happen? Um, but for me, I predicted initially that Argentina were going to win the, win the World Cup. Um, and I think a lot of it, I was just being swayed by. Lionel Messi, um, you know, obviously what I want England to win it. Um, and, you know, and then next, I obviously want, want Australia to try and go far as well. But I think I was then being swayed by the whole Messi, Messi thing. Um, but I just, I think I might change to to the French. I don't know. I just think if Mbappe turns it on uh, in the knockouts, the amount of quality players they've got... Um, yeah, I mentioned it earlier. I just look at the French and I just think this this team's they've barely even got out of second gear in this World Cup in the games that they've played. So yeah, for me, I'm going to back. Uh, I think France. I might just might change my mind from Argentina to France for now. Um, but it's so open. There's been obviously a lot of good teams have already been knocked out. Even England, even starting to get a little bit more of a feeling with England a bit now because no one's really talking about them in in terms of winning it. They're going under the radar now. So um, you know, and I feel like even the fans are kind of dropped off a little bit and there's less um there's less vibrancy or buzz around the England fans at the moment. I think it's because of that England USA game and everyone just was bored to death in that match. And I'm not seeing as much of the hope from the up from the England fans as normally. So yeah, England are kind of my, my sneaky second. But yeah, France for me. Uh Ospike also thinks France as well. Um yeah they got a ridiculous squad and um I think they got the most fre- that this I think the most players in this World Cup 
uh, are French-born, and that goes across all of the squads. But Q, let's quickly get uh, your predictions um, before we wrap up for the podcast. Have you changed your mind? Who was your tournament winner, Brazil? Yeah, it was Brazil. I'm sort of warming up to France, just how I know it was against Australia, um, but just how good they looked. They looked a lot better than I thought they would look. I sort of thought they might struggle without like Kante in the middle of the park there and um, Benzema up top, but, you know, they really surprised me. So I'm sort of uh, warming up to um, France, but at the moment I'm probably still going to stick with uh, Brazil and see what happens. No, good stuff. Absolutely brilliant. And look, thanks for everyone that's tuned in tonight. If you haven't done already, hit the subscribe button, like the video, get your comments in if you watch this on pre-record. Thanks again to at D10 Football for coming on. Uh, Quinton, thanks for jumping on. I know you've been uh, under the weather in the last few days, so it's great for you to jump on. Really appreciate it. And you're still smiling, and I think you're obviously absolutely buzzing because Australia are playing Argentina in the round of 16. Haven't seen this for 16 years, Australia being in, in the knockout stages of a World Cup. So last words from UQ. Are you absolutely buzzing for this game? I can see you're at Fed Square ready there in the background, which yes. people don't know. Fed Square is where all the scenes that you would have seen on BBC Sport, um, online, Football Bible, Sports Bible, or all the Australian fans are going crazy with flares. That was all at this uh, Federation Square in, in Melbourne. And um, yeah, Q is there nice and early from his uh, green screen there. He's, he's all ready to go. Um, Q, any last words on, on the uh, Australia-Argentina game? Yeah, as you know, I've been on my deathbed since Tuesday. So um, this uh, this game against Argentina has uh, got me up and about. I'm absolutely pumped and, you know, just a massive night for football in our country. And a lot of people overseas don't really know the landscape of football in our country at the moment. It's, it's on the way back to where it should be, but stuff like this is massive for the sport. And you just see there's about, I think, nearly 25 live sites being confirmed in Australia now, yeah, all over incredible. Australia to watch watch the game and there was a lot of people saying oh people aren't really going to go out and watch them at 2am and I think they had about someone said 10,000 people there was over 5,000 people at Federation Square the other day it's insane so yeah a lot of people are getting on board like the you know just the buzz is just awesome and a lot of the I guess you say that other sports um, in this country get, you know, funded uh, heavily by the government where we sort of don't really get the same amount of uh, funding but you know stuff like this is going to help the cause so yeah, mate, I'm absolutely buzzing. No, I love it. Absolutely love it. And, yeah, it's good to see Q smiling. He's, yeah, like he said, he's been really sick this week, but he's buzzing. He can't wait for it. And I think win, lose, or, you know, win or lose for Australia, like, it's they've done so well to get this far. And, like, yeah, I'm really excited to see what happens to football in this country, you know, following this. Seeing all the young, the young kids out as well, like the next generation just jumping around. And it was just like, they've been getting praise everywhere, BBC in the UK, um people globally just saying how good the australia fans have been so yeah it's, it's amazing and like i'm actually going to head out um i'm going to head out to federation square where q is in on his green screen at 6 a.m in the morning i'm going to go out with a few mates and just want i just want to be part of it and be part of the atmosphere and just you know and hopefully they score a goal um but look we'll, we'll leave the podcast there oz despite this say he did see australia beat argentina in sydney in 1988 so you never know um I'm assuming that was the one, I think, was it 4-1? Maybe, was it 4-1? I think I saw some clips on TV the other day of that one. Um, but look, we're going to wrap up the podcast there. Thanks for everyone that joined in it in the comments. Really appreciate all of the support. If you can please like the video, get more comments in if you watch this on pre-record, hit the subscribe button if you haven't done already, and give at D10 Football and at Quentin FPL Amateurs of Oz a follow. 
if you like what you uh, saw and heard on the podcast. So look, I'm going to wrap up there. Thanks for everyone tuning in that tuned in. I'm at FPL Matt Day, and I'll be back for more videos over the next few days as well. I'll see you all in the next one.